Welcome to Safety Talk. Personal safety expert Pete Canavan shares his insights and interviews experts who provide simple and effective tips, techniques, and technologies to keep you safe and secure both online and off. Here's Pete. Hello, and welcome to Safety Talk. I am your host and personal safety expert, Pete Canavan. We've got another great episode for you guys today. But as always, we start off with some current safety news on the show. And Unfortunately, it's usually bad news because we talk about safety and security and there are so many problems and issues out there that affect people in ways that we can never even think of sometimes. And that's sort of what I wanted to mention today because over the weekend, we had some crazy killings of a family uh, in Mexico. Uh, Nine Americans were killed. Six of them were helpless children. And I mean, it makes you sick to your stomach. I mean, two of them were eight-month-old twins. And the type of person that can do that. I just don't understand the mentality. I just don't understand the type of person that can do that because an innocent child is not like someone who's trying to do you harm. It's someone that has never done anything to anybody. They have their whole life in front of them and then it's, it's cut short. You know, there was an envoy of SUVs that was in uh, Northern part of Mexico. People are speculating whether or not it was maybe they thought it was a rival gang. Maybe it was targeted for some reason. But the bottom line was over 200 rounds were pumped into these vehicles. One that ended up exploding. Tons of people, you know, uh, that are, you know, they look to be innocent uh, are now dead. Uh, Some of the children, thank God, did manage to escape with some injuries. But, you know, as I said, this violence is horrific. It's unthinkable. Yet it happened. So, of course, the question is going to be, is there anything that these people could have done? Well, unfortunately, in my honest opinion here, I think the answer to that is no. Because unfortunately, there is sometimes nothing we can do. You're ambushed with people with automatic weapons, and you're in a car, you're a sitting duck, there's nothing you can do. So it's a very somber reminder that sometimes there is just nothing that we can do. Now, our guest today is the founder and president of SACS Consulting and Investigative Services. Uh, SACS offers an array of consulting services, security assessments, and also training programs. Uh, he is considered one of the nation's leading authorities in high-risk workplace and human resource issues, as well as security, vulnerability assessments, terrorism, and crime. He's nationally recognized for his expertise in developing training programs for corporations, law enforcement, security agencies, as well as other organizations. Uh, This expertise also includes high-risk and security concerns, uh, human resource issues, which we're going to be talking about human resource and workplace violence today, uh, as well as corporate investigations and uh, liability challenges related from hiring to firing, uh, drugs and substance abuse, identity theft, which is a big one today. Uh, And uh, that's a lot. (laughs) So uh, it's my pleasure to welcome Tim Dimoff to Safety Talk today. Welcome, Tim. Thanks for being on. Pete, thanks for having me. This is an important topic and it's exponentially going in the wrong direction. Yes, it uh, it certainly is. And, you know, I really appreciate you being here uh, because, you know, we're all about improving safety and security everywhere in people's lives, online, offline. Uh, I bounce back and forth between the two worlds uh, in my professional life as well as on this show because we have to worry about our personal safety and security in both places. You know, we have we have the online world, the digital world, and then we have the offline physical world that we have to worry about. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, you know, workplace violence and, uh, you know, maybe some of the training programs and things that, that you have. So I'm going to start right off with what you 
sort of just mentioned there uh, coming on is why is it that this is becoming more of a problem? Why is this concern over terminated employees becoming more of an issue today? Um, we don't know exactly why. Um, the research, um, studying cases, um, and my company has uh, looked at over 600, and we've researched and interviewed over 600 active shooter incidences and over 1,500 aggressive behavior actions within various types of workplaces. Um, I will say our company on the private side has some of the most uh, in-depth and advanced research on our specialty is aggressive behavior, whether it's active shooter, terminated employee, workplace violence, bullying. That's really our, our focus. And it's, you know, based on the fact that we have ex-military, military intelligence, law enforcement, federal agents, uh, all that background, previous employers uh, with that. Uh, in answer to your question, bottom line, why has it increased? Uh, we think several things. Uh, we think you can go into the home. We, uh, we think that, you know, as parents, as, as responsible adults, we think there's a, a bigger or better need for more structure in the home. Um, we think there's a need for more structure in our schools, our, our churches, our businesses. Um, and when you add all that up, here's the bottom line that we've discovered. I wrote a book called Life Rage, which really says it's not just road rage anymore. It's every aspect of our daily lives. The bottom line, and it took me eight years to come up with this, figure this out, but here it is. There is no longer a strong belief that there will be a consequence for negative actions. And that starts young children, school, business, criminals. Once again, there's just not a strong belief that there really is going to be a consequence for negative action. It's almost gone or minimal. I think that that is an excellent observation and absolutely true because it has started. I mean, when you grew up, when I grew up, when we were kids, if we acted up, you got cracked. You got hit, you got spanked, you got punished. There was, you know, there was some severity and some real consequences to negative behavior and, and bad behavior and bad actions, whatever happened to be, whatever you got doing that you weren't supposed to be, right? Today, I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying because we have seen now people approach the consequence side of it uh, with being too timid. They're almost afraid of punishing a child even look at that NFL player that got all kinds of negative publicity because he disciplined his kid by, by hitting them. Well, you know what? He probably grew up. If he acted up, he got cracked because that's what, you know, that's a consequence of negative behavior. But today too many people are afraid of the legal ramifications. If you touch somebody, if you say the wrong thing, if you have some sort of negative punishment, how is that going to be interpreted by a court of law, right? People, you know, a jury of your peers and they think, well, you know, this was, this was too harsh. You should have you know, not, you know, disciplined your employee that way. You should have, um, you know, taken it down a notch. And, you know, this is, no, I'm sorry. The way that people learn is by having bad behavior have a, a consequence for that. Right. And so that's very interesting that you said that because it's not just road rage. It is life rage. People have short fuses. They have no coping skills. They are quick to, to jump 
down somebody's throat when it's something that they don't believe in. I mean, you could look in any aspect of a society today and it's very disturbing. Yeah. You know, and you go back to children and I have parents, I give a lot of talks across the country and parents are always asking me exactly what you said. And I said, look, if you want to discipline your child and you spank your child on his behind, I said, there's not a court in this world, in this country, that's going to convict you of abuse. Now, you take a belt to a kid and you, and you slash him across his back and you put bruises and marks on him and cuts. That's abuse. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we got so intimidated, as you said, that we do nothing or we do very minimal. And I really want the audience to understand there are acceptable consequences, okay? And you start with your children. Spanking a child on their behind, you know, is acceptable. I'm not saying you do it every day and you do it a hundred times. I'm saying don't get caught up so much in this fear monger that, you know, we all of a sudden, we don't do nothing. And there's other ways to discipline children and adults. And that doesn't have to be physical, but it has to be there's a consequence. And it goes all the way from a child to schools to businesses. And you can discipline businesses. Criminals, the same thing. In the criminal system, we've lost touch with criminal behavior and consequences. You know, in my area, we've had people that murdered a person get out of jail after nine years, you know, not 25 or life, nine. And, and, and it just doesn't balance out. And, and criminals are going into these prisons and going, I can do anything I want. I'll be out in five, six years. I'll make some new friends there. I'll learn some new criminal skills. So the consequences is it just, it just doesn't, there's no belief in it. It's a, it's a sad situation because there are no hard and fast guidelines. And so both parents and employers have to sort of tiptoe around this this issue because they don't know what is going to be considered too much or too extreme or uh, you know too bad of a consequence for that negative behavior. Uh, as you said, there's absolutely acceptable consequences. Uh, there have got to be programs out there, uh, as well as people like yourself that can consult with businesses that say, look, you know, you've got a problem with an employee. This is what the employee did. Here are a few ideas or here, here are what we've found to be acceptable. You know, some sort of checklist that says, okay, on the first offense related to a bad customer service issue, you know, this is how you address it. If it's something with regard to a billing problem, this is how you address it. If it's about, uh, theft, this is how it's addressed. And so you can kind of go down the list and you go from sort of the the most menial of offenses to the most severe of offenses. And obviously the consequences have to get, you know, tougher and tougher and tougher as you go down that list. Yeah. You know, we got companies that call us all the time, as you said, and, you know, Tim, how do we do this? How do we get a handle on it? Well, one of the answers is knowledge is king today. You know, a lot of businesses, parents, organizations, they're not taking the time to seek out experts to do training across the board for their key people, their management. Uh, an example is in the workplace, we teach a program, and it's basically a simple program called observation, documentation, confrontation, 
and consequences. And it's a very fair type of program. And when we do the training, the reaction we get from these supervisors, mid-level to, to the C-level, is, wow, this, this is something we needed a long time ago. Or, boy, we're... Why didn't we have this before? Why didn't we think of this? And it's because you go back 40, 50 years ago, companies were really strategic about training and making sure that the people that were the leaders or the management of a company, that they were supported with knowledge slash training. And, and I do want to mention one quick statistic that just lets the audience understand. 10 years ago, my company received maybe two to three complaints or calls, phone calls, requesting, Tim, can you come and help us? We're going to terminate an employee, or we just terminated an employee. The guy's a ticking time bomb. Uh, we need you there. Or he just, we just terminated him, and he just threatened the CEO, the HR director, and his immediate supervisor. Now, imagine 10 years ago, we got two to three of those a year. Today, currently, in Ohio, where we're located, and we have companies outside Ohio, we are getting seven a month requests on terminated employee threats, plus another five to six outside of Ohio per month, to the point we have a dedicated team that deals with nothing but terminated employee threats. So I want people to understand this is not something that's a low profile or it happens once in a while. It is happening in a very increase and it can happen in any size company. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, as you said, it's increasing, you know, rapidly. I mean, that, that's a, it's because I think, again, it goes back to the coping and the lack of coping skills and the, and the life rage because people that's like, oh, you weren't doing your job and you, you had the audacity to fire me. Uh, yeah, because you weren't doing your job. Well, that person doesn't even have the ability to look at that in a in a rational way. They just think, oh, they were out to get me, or who knows what goes through their mind. And so, they've got a, you know, they've got some vendetta now that they want to try to, you know, exact revenge wise on the employer or the supervisor or whatnot. So, as an employer, uh, how is an employer best able to be proactive against that in terms of, I guess, maybe, you know, in terms of the preparation, the documentation, the, uh, you know, the surveillance, that sort of thing. Like, I, I don't know, I'm, that's, I'm asking you, uh, Tim, like, what, what can an employer do or what do you recommend that employers do if they feel like they have some of they need to fire uh, and they're, you know, concerned that it could escalate into some sort of violent, you know, confrontation afterwards? Yeah, a couple things. Number one, almost never terminate an employee one-on-one, -on -one, one person from the company. Minimally, have at least two people there, um, whether you think there's going to be a problem or not. Secondly, if you think this person, and, and you know this person has a history of being somewhat angry, somewhat volatile, disagreeing, uh, abusive, whatever the word is, if you even suspect that, um, it's good, obviously, to have a couple people there. And it's good to probably call an outside consultant, a security person that deals with termination, not just a security company, but a company that has dealt with this that's in the security uh, arena. And 
have them either present in the room as an outside HR consultant that comes with us in these type of situations, or in the next room over or sitting in the hall, um, have them ready and available to be able to help respond. The last thing which more and more companies are doing is if they really have something, they're just really worried about it. The rule of thumb today is you don't terminate that employee at the work site. Um, they are not allowed or should be brought in and terminated at the work site. Most of the time when you call them in and you're going to have that meeting, they know what it's about and they probably can figure out they're about ready to be terminated. So a lot of companies are going away from terminating at the workplace. And believe it or not, we're having a lot of companies start to terminate people through a phone conference. And while they're at their home, talking to them on the phone, and then arranging to have their stuff shipped to them, and they're told not to come back on the property, we'll get you your stuff, your check, we'll answer your questions. And you're still treating them like a human being, and but you're completing all the, all the crossing the T's and dotting the I's on the termination from a distance. And the reason for that, people say, well, that's a little bit maybe uh, uh, not real uh, kindly, but no, if you treat them well over the phone, you make arrangements, um, it can go very smoothly. Once again, having them come in, if they got any type of hint of uh, anger or any type of volatility to them, you really need not to have the termination at the workplace. Yeah, so don't just send them an email saying you're fired, we'll send you your stuff. <laughs> but have a phone conversation, let them know, look, this is what's going on. I think that's great because you're still engaging them. You're still able to to talk back and forth to them and engage in some sort of dialogue. Uh, is it legal to record that conversation? Because I would think if you are doing the termination that way, you may want to try to capture anything they may say that's of a threatening nature. It's like, you're going to fire me? What are you, crazy? I'll show you. You know what I mean? Like, and or is, as long as you let the employee know, look, you know, uh, we're going to have this conversation. It's going to be recorded for your protection as well as mine. And this is why. And, yeah. you know, and then it continue. I mean, that's legal, right? As long as you inform them and they can. Yeah, one of the things you can do is um, tell them at the beginning that you're going to record it. Um, for both for theirs and, and, and the company's uh, objectivity, okay? Um, and, and you want to be careful about words you use, you know. You don't want to say we're going to record it because, you know, in the past, you know, you've screamed and yelled or whatever. Right, right. We're going to record it so for the objectivity of this discussion. The for training thing, purposes, like all these other <laughs> companies, right? Yeah. Your call will be recorded for company training purposes. Yeah. Like you yeah. kind of just have a blanket generic statement in the beginning, and that covers it doesn't sort of highlight it and right. then get into it. And that's, now, that could end up being awesome because I mean, if the employee ends up you know, threatening you now verbally on the phone, you've got evidence as well as their consent to record it. Now you've got evidence that you can present and say, look, this person threatened me on this phone call with bodily injury or you know, whatever they happen to, to threaten you with. Yeah. That's awesome. And a lot of times if you say, Hey, we're going to record it for objectivity at the, and you say it at the beginning, about five or 10 minutes into the conversation, they forget that you said that. Right. Now, because they forget doesn't protect them. Exactly. Now, the second thing is different states 
have different electronic recording laws. Now, I'll take Ohio where I'm at. If I'm talking to you right now, no matter what the subject is, I do not have to tell you that I'm recording. As long as I'm part of the conversation, I can record. So technically in Ohio, I could terminate someone, and I wouldn't even need to tell them I'm recording because Ohio law allows me, if one party is aware of it, to record it. Now, there's other states that say both parties need to know. So you need to make sure you know that. But from a technical time, you know, why not at the beginning, no matter what state you're in, just say, look, we're going to be recording this for objectivity. I uh, just want to notify you. And, and you move on. Then they can never come back and say, oh, yeah, by the way, they recorded me and didn't tell me. Not that you have to in certain states, but it's just a courtesy. And sometimes it also helps keep the conversation cool, calm, and collective. Sure, because they could be, now they're on notice, like, oh, I better not say anything. And again, probably most people, <clears throat> after five or ten minutes, they forget anyway, and, you know, then yes. maybe the conversation might get a little heated, they might get a little upset, now they start saying things that they're going to regret later. Well, too bad, you told them. So definitely, yes, that's great advice, but check with your local laws to make sure, you know, you're covering yourself and not doing anything that you're not legally able to. Uh, so let's let's uh, look at, so when you have an employee that you're possibly concerned has some maybe, you know, tendencies towards violence or something like that, are there, uh, I'm sure there's some red flags that you would say are, you know, common uh, through, you know, through those, those terminations. What, uh, maybe you could sort of enlighten the audience a little bit about what, what, you've seen and what the employers that you've dealt with have seen from employees that are red flags? Well, the best rule of thumb is people say, well, we're not sure how he or she is going to be. And I say, the current past predicts the current future. And I'll say it again, the current past predicts the current future. And what has that person exemplified in the last six months, year, two years, whatever? That's that's the personality you're going to see at that termination. So, you know, if this person has gotten in the face of supervisors, employees, and arguing and, and, and uh, called them names and raised their voice and objected and threatened lawsuits and screamed and yelled, you are going to get that whole boat at that termination. So now you got to determine do we want to have that whole boat at the termination? And if we do, can we tolerate it and still get through, you know, or is it at a level that is extremely very intense? And then if you have any question about those and you still want to have it at the facility, then you should say, we need to have this unknown person who's a consultant also at the meeting because you talk about psychological and I won't get into it heavy, but, there's a lot of diffusing techniques when you see red flags, certain words you use or don't use, addressing their questions and answering them. But also, when you have an unknown person in the room and you're getting terminated, it doesn't take Einstein to figure out that that that, that unknown person is here for a reason. There's some kind of pro. There's some kind of expert. They might be a law enforcement. They might not. But it's a great diffusing technique because it's now someone that terminated an employee doesn't know. So they've got to watch their P's and Q's a little better. It's 
it's like throwing water on the fire. And if you're concerned at all and you still want to have it at the, at the workplace, you've got to have an outsider there and uh, potentially a security person on the outside just to play it safe. Or you go to plan B, phone call, courtesy, and explain the termination and why on the phone. Great advice, Tim. Great advice. Hope everybody's taking that to heart because it could end up saving you from harm or worse. So you mentioned de-escalation. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, what are some of the sort of the words or the, the things that somebody could do to sort of de-escalate that situation if it is a, you know, in person or even, you know, on the phone or whatnot, where that person's getting really agitated that you can try to sort of, you know, calm them down and prevent it from getting worse? Great question. Um, the most common problem that we've witnessed, and we've done probably close to 500 of these terminations or assisted terminations, um, what amazes me is the lack of proper termination process. And by that I mean the company comes, they want to get the subject there, and all they're worried about is let's get them in, let's tell them, and let's get them out. Well, when you're being terminated, number one, I would say the majority of the people that come for those meetings, they know they're coming to a terminated meeting. So number one, it ain't no surprise to them, or they got a strong inkling. So they're expecting it or probably expecting it. So understand, there's no secret to this. Secondly, when they come in, they're going to want an explanation of why. And you've got to tell them. Here's the explanation. Here's the history of your work performance. Here's what happened. And, you know, Pete, tell you what, you don't even have to agree with us, but we are going to explain to you from our perspective why you're no longer going to be employed here. So you kind of, you notice how I said it. You don't have mm -hmm. to agree with it, but here's why we think. And what right. that does is it, it, it's, it's kind of presenting it in a softer way. And you're giving him or her permission to disagree. Okay, so that's important. Second thing that we see happen uh, not well is answer the employee, terminated employee's questions. A lot of times the companies will say, you're here, we're letting you know, you're done, we're going to get your stuff, we'll follow up. They're going to ask you questions. Hey, what about my COBRA? Or is there any COBRA? And what's my last paycheck? And can I pick it up or do, no, Pete, you can't pick it up. We will mail it to you. And what about my personal items in my desk, my workbench, my toolbox? We're going to go with you right now and you're going to get that. No, we're going to wrap it, box it, and we're going to ship it to you. You got to give them answers to their questions, but you got to give them the opportunity to ask questions. Those questions may be incidental to the company. They're not to the subject being terminated. So right. those two are big things. And then obviously having someone there to assist if you feel you need it. No, that's really important because people want answers. It's like, well, why, you know, maybe they don't understand why. Maybe they just, maybe they thought this was a, a meeting to reprimand them for something, or maybe it was who knows what. I mean, people, they live in denial sometimes, right? So they may even be going to the meeting and not even thinking that they're being terminated and then it happens. And then all of a sudden they have all these questions because they weren't thinking about it. So I love that soft approach, uh, you know, tactic because it allows them to, like you said, you don't have to agree with us, but 
this is how we see it. This is why, you know, we're letting you go. And this is what's going to happen. And, you know, even you could even ask, you know, hey, if you have any questions for us, that's what we're here for. But we're just letting you know that this is how it's going to be. Yeah. And and I got a great example. I just recently did a termination, sat in. And for 15 minutes, I watched the terminated employee ask questions and get no answers. And I watched his barometer of anger go up. And it kept going up to the point where I said, stop a minute. I said, Pete, my name's Tim. Now, one of the diffusing techniques is to use first names. Mm -hmm. You know, Pete, you need to call me Mr. Demoff. You know, <laughs> no, it's, hey, Pete, let me interrupt here for a second. Uh, my name's Tim. Uh, and, and usually, okay. I said, I noticed you asked several questions. Can we go back? And let's start from the beginning of those three questions I heard you ask. And quite honestly, you haven't got an answer yet, but let's go back because I think those questions are important to you. So you throw emphasis on that person, their importance. And now they again, feel also like you're kind of in their corner too because it's like, oh, wow, this person was actually listening and they know I wasn't getting the answers I was looking for. They noticed that I was getting agitated, for example. Yeah. And when I started that, body language tells you a lot. And as soon as I started explaining that to everybody there, he's going like this, not, <laughs> not nodding his head a little bit, but he's really emphasized. And see, once again, his body language is saying, yeah, that's what I've been trying. And right, I said, right. okay, let's go back. I think Julie here is from HR. She can answer these questions and let's go. And we went back and we answered. As we went through those questions and everything, you could see the barometer go down. The anger go down. His face went from red to white. I mean, it was some obvious things. And in the end, after the questions got answered, he looked at everybody and he said, you know, I know I screwed up. You don't have to convince me of that. Hmm. I'm not happy. I know I screwed up. I know I probably deserve this. But I do deserve answers to my questions. He says, and I do need to be treated like a human being. And that really hit me because here's a guy with some anger talking about being human. And he's telling us clues to what's the ticking time bomb ingredients. And he's literally giving us a live example. And after that, he cooled down and he even told him, you've answered all my questions. You're going to mail my check. You're going to ship my tools. Uh, I just want to say I'm sorry, and I'm ready to leave. It was an amazing wow. event. We went from a very volatile to a very calm. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're all going to go that smooth, but his example was how he was being treated is how he's going to react. And I'm not going to say the flip side, too. The flip side of that, too, though, is you could also have somebody that would not normally get so agitated and get so full of anger and rage if because they normally aren't that type of person but in that situation their natural anger barometer as you put it is going to rise because they're not being treated with respect they're not being treated like a human being they're not having their questions answered and they're going to get pissed and I mean, that would happen to any one of us. It would happen to me. It would happen to you. If you're being told, you know, by a client, you know, we're not going to do business with you anymore. And you say, well, you know, I'd like to know, understand why. And they say, well, 
because we don't want to do business with you anymore or because they don't give you any answers and they're not willing to answer that, that's going to piss you off. It's like, well, at least give me the opportunity to know what I did, what my company did, why you're not interested in doing business with me anymore or why, as in the case of an employee, why you don't want me to be an employee anymore. And then maybe they can take that to the next, you know, their next place of employment because now they're aware of it. So even taking somebody who normally you would never think about uh, being a threat in terms of a, a workplace, uh, you know, scenario like this could end up being one if they're not being treated the right way. And so that's a super, super valuable tidbit for every employer out there, as well as people dealing with contractors and vendors and other businesses is to treat them with the same amount of respect as you would with a, an employee that you're going to terminate. If you're terminating a contract with a vendor, I would say the same thing should hold true. Would mm-hmm. you agree? Yeah, I would. And, and I tell people, let me give you a kind of a, a different example. When you go to a restaurant with your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, family, and when you go shopping to a store, think about what we talk about. Hey, I went to this restaurant. Food was good. Man, was the service fantastic. Or, you know, the food wasn't bad at all, but I'm not going back here the way they treated me, you know, the, the service. And we don't think about it. But psychologically, subliminally, whatever word you want to use, don't we every day almost react more to the human interaction versus Absolutely. the product? And, and why would termination be any different? In fact, why wouldn't termination be even more of how you're treated? So, yeah, you bring up a great point. Yeah, and we've all been there where you've gone to a nice restaurant and the food's been great, but it took forever to get or, and the service was, you know, like you were bothering them every time you asked them for a refill or something like that. I mean, that's like, you're not going to go back. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it transcends the individual to organizations as well. Uh, now, what, let's, let's be, we're, we're cranking through our time, uh, <laughs> which is a good thing, but uh, it also, you know, I want to make sure we get to a few things that um, we haven't yet. And now, would you, in your experience, in terms of what you've seen, um, are there any sort of primary motivators that sort of set somebody off or do they kind of just cover what they are? Like, you know, people not being told and listened to and that sort of thing. Or there's some other things that maybe can can set them off as well, maybe when they're not maybe being terminated. You know, just an employee that's in the business, they're doing their job, and then something or some uh, combination, you know, that sort of magic bad combination of, of events occurs that sets them off. Yeah, um, obviously sets them off, not answering their questions, how you treat them. But they're also going to look at, what are you basing it on? Um, example is, is, is this a he said, she said? You got one employee that said that Tim Demoff called him or her a name, and there's no basis for it. Um, if you can explain to them the work performance history, once again, back to observation, documentation, and confrontation, you know, are you as a company keeping good records and you know you terminate someone and you explain three incidences of bad work performance uh negative interaction with a client a customer or a co-worker um, or a combination of all the above 
and you have it documented and you have it written and you have it written in front of you while you terminate them and they see there's documentation, they see it's written and you're going down the list in front of them and it's not, it's more than one time. That really helps. And a lot of times companies don't have that. They just call them in and, hey, you know, we had a complaint about you, da, 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 da. They don't even have any paperwork in front of them. You know, even if you just had a file with their name on it and the paperwork was in the file, just them seeing that kind of, I'll call it evidence, documentation, really can help. So once again, you know, what are you really confronting and complaining about that they did on that was not acceptable? And is it more than a incident? Um, and, and those two things are, are very important. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's imperative that, you know, the employees, the managers, the managers and, you know, division heads, whoever uh, that are dealing with these people, they need that training. They need to know, look, documentation is key. No matter what it is, if you've got something that's occurring, you've got to document it. You've got to let it know. It's got to go into that person's personnel file. So if something happens, you could bring it out. And, and, you know, in this case, you can say, look, here are the reasons why we've come to this decision. And uh, and it's because on this day and this time, you did this. On this day and this time, you did this. And having that documentation is so much better because it's almost like a third party. As opposed to like you and I talking and saying, you know, you're fired and there's why you're thinking, well, is this because this is how he feels? Well, no, I can say, well, no, it's because, you know, here in this paper, this is what was said, you know, and so it, uh, it almost kind of takes some of that, uh, the focus and the responsibility off the individual that's talking and, and telling this person that they're terminated. And it puts sort of that focus on the, the evidence, right? The documentation. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing, too, you want to remember, employees don't remember everything they didn't do well. Or they had an incident, they don't even know that it offended somebody, okay? And I've had that happen before where they come into the termination, they're thinking of one, just one incident, and they think it's all based on one incident. Mm. And then... I've seen a, a supervisor on a company do a wonderful job because that person came in. I know why it comes right in. I know why I'm here. I, I said something to George about two weeks ago. I know he was upset. I, you know, I know I shouldn't have said that, called him that name. I was had a bad hair day. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the HR lady goes, that is just one spoke in the wheel. Let me, Pete, explain to you four other times in the last, eight months and went down each one and you could see that employee go oh my gosh like oh i didn't realize that oh i forgot about that oh man that happened nine months ago oh they could hardly remember but refreshing their memory now they walked in thinking this is a one incident bs termination to a four incident justification yeah fully justified absolutely yeah. No, that's awesome. Again, that 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 much more important. So in terms of the training of your managers, this is something that's imperative that especially today because you know, nobody wants to be wrongfully terminated, right? Cuz now you come back at them, now there's a lawsuit, now you're getting whatever. You know, there's all kinds of things that could come up, you know, because of that. So this is the sort of thing that your company Sachs Consulting does, right? Is is train companies on how to deal with uh, this sort of thing? 
I absolutely. Uh, once again, we specialize in the high risk stuff. It's the human resource, the training for like the active shooter, uh, workplace violence, bullying, harassment, discrimination, more of what we call the hot potatoes in the HR and, and do the security analysis and, and, and do investigations internally for companies and other individuals. Basically, we tell everybody if the word problem comes up, that's pretty much what we handle is the problems. We, unfortunately, we're not a company that goes out and teaches uh, team working together stuff, the soft skill stuff. We, the demand for what we do is so, um, it really is exponential. I use that word all the time, but we, we don't, we don't lack having a, a non-busy or dull day. Um, we excel at helping these companies understand what they got to do, how to train for it, how to recognize it. Really, we're interested in, and most companies should be, how do I spot this? How do I, in the early stages, how do we spot it? How do we train for it? How can we prevent it? Early stages. Too many companies wait till the explosion happens and they want the fire, they want to call the fire department, you know, and we can be the fire department, but you know, it ends up, you know, being litigation issues and, and others. And it's more costly. It's, it's cheaper to be pro. It's cheaper to be proactive. It's smarter to be proactive and everything revolves around one word, building a positive culture. Yes. The, the culture of the company is huge in so many so many aspects of, of, a, of you know, running a business, of having a, a company that runs a certain way and people's expectations for it. So that's, uh, that's really um, great information, Tim. I, I really uh, appreciate everything. And uh, for our, uh, our listeners, if they want to learn more about you and your company and your services, where could they go? Well, it's very simple. They can go to saxconsulting.com. That's S-A-C-S consulting.com. And we, we've got a very vibrant uh, webpage. If they want to know more about Tim Demoff, I'm a national speaker. They can go to timothydemoff.com. And it has my national speaker expertise uh, on that. And uh, feel free to call us. Feel free to call us to run a problem by them. We're not going to charge every time someone calls on the phone for a two, three, five minute discussion. We want to help people become proactive in their workplaces. I'm assuming everybody can find you on social media as well, you know, Twitter and Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera. Yeah, we are um, on all of the social media, both as Saks Consulting and Tim Demoff, Timothy Demoff. So any last thoughts for our audience, Tim, before I let you go? Yeah, I think the last thoughts are, you know, focus on what your culture is. What What is your culture? And then work hard to keep it a positive culture. And culture is all about what do you want to be? And you establish that through a good written employee manual, providing good training, open communication, but you've got to train your Management and supervision, from the low management supervision to the highest C-level. Get everybody in management supervision on the same page to understand today how to deal with the challenging aspects of a workplace. And it starts with documentation and uh, observation and confrontation and 
training your people on all those other areas that we talked about, sending them out to chambers and safety councils and professional groups. There's lots of training out there that doesn't cost a lot, but you can't manage people anymore simply by hoping they're going to be good employees. There has to be a clear message of what's acceptable in the workplace and what's not acceptable. And it's got to be in writing and they got to be told about it and they got to be able to ask questions about it. Because today, if you don't tell employees what they cannot do, they assume they can. So 20 years ago, all we had to do is tell employees what they can do. Today, you got to tell them what they can do and what they cannot do. That's the difference. And I would say going hand in hand with that is also the clear vision that the company has and their mission. And, and making sure that that's communicated clearly so that everybody knows the direction that that company is going. So uh, that's awesome information. I wish we had more time. I think I'm going to have to have you back there if you're willing. And uh, we'll do like a round two here. Uh, we're flying through an hour. But uh, really appreciate your time today. And uh, for any of our listeners, you can always uh, you know get this episode as well as the latest safety information from safetytalkpodcast.com, which is our safety news aggregator, as well as the uh, – archive for all of our uh, interviews that we've done. Uh, for additional safety information, you can uh, find out how to protect your child for, at college by getting the six top strategies for staying safe at colleges uh, from uh, guidetocollegesafety.com. Mm -hmm. And for businesses out there looking to understand and learn more about how they can secure themselves today because, you know, we do a lot of talk about our online safety and security, especially with businesses. Uh, you can sign up for my free webinar where you can learn the seven simple steps to creating a cybersecurity program. And that is at bit.ly.com slash free cybersecurity training. So again, thanks for being on Safe Talk, Tim. Thanks for our listeners to tuning in. And uh, until next time, stay safe. Thank you. Be safe. Thanks for tuning in to Safety Talk. You can listen to past episodes and get the latest safety news at our website, safetytalkpodcast.com. Be sure to visit our other websites for free safety checklists and infographics. You can also sign up for free online self-defense training, learn about college campus safety, and find out more about Pete and how he can help educate your school or business through his speaking, workshops, seminars, and consulting. Subscribe to the Safety Talk podcast and never miss out on any new safety information. Until next time, stay safe.